When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Bollet, as always. Two more abs games in the books as the season begins to wind down. The abs lose 5-2 to two to the LA Kings, but beat the Arizona Coyotes 4-3 to three in overtime to finish their homestand with a salvaged record at very least before they hit the road, to play teams in the East. I think we're starting to reach the point in the season where it's a little frustrating seeing some of the inconsistency with this team, especially in a game like L.A., but they took care of business against Arizona at the very least. Christian, what would you make of some of this? Yeah, um, for those you haven't noticed quite yet, Griffin is battling a cold. He He's hockey tough. He's podcasting through it. Um, he already, uh, we're, we're early in the show, but the abs beat the Arizona Coyotes three to two, correct? Not four to three. Correct. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. But you're sick. So it's okay. We, we, we won't hold that okay. against you. Now I have an excuse to not know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. That's why, He's a little I, foggy, I, that's why but... I sound so nasally. And also before we get started, I have to say, everyone's always talking about like, Oh, I was born in the wrong generation. Dude, it is awesome that you could just like get drugs delivered to your door. Like <laughs> yeah. that is awesome. Just like, oh, I'm not feeling good. You go on DoorDash, is they just drop drugs at your doorstep from a guy named Clark. Like, man, I'm so Can glad. you imagine what it's going to be like in 15 years? <laughs> like, you can get alcohol food. delivered to your door now, too. I know you're not much of a drinker, but you can get uh, you can get alcohol delivered to your yeah. door now, too. There's Everything can be delivered to your door. Amazon will soon be able to deliver all that stuff. So, yeah, that is great stuff, man. I fucking love that, too. I, I think I DoorDash like 95% of my meals. Like, it's not even a question. So... Um, but for the apps, uh, going up back to that, uh, the LA game was, I, I'm not gonna say like frustrating, but it was more just like, maybe we aren't as good as we think we are. Uh, cause I think that's kind of what the team thought they could just go out there and really kind of cruise their way to a victory and not really pay attention to the finer details of it. And we're going to go on a little bit of a change up here and say something nice about the Kings. The Kings are a very good hockey team. They, they are a good hockey team and they are a threat in the West. They, they are. I know we made fun of them all year because their goalies have been terrible, yada, 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 but they, they're a good team. Yeah. I mean, they are the definition in my opinion of a dark horse in the West where no one has talked about them at all, but the way they played against the abs in this game, I mean, this was not the Avs' best performance by any stretch of the imagination. It really also wasn't their worst. They've played much worse games than this. They made a lot of crucial mistakes. But the Kings did a very good job at jumping out to an early lead, dragging this game down into the mud. And again, they took advantage of a lot of the chances that the Avs gave them. But they never really let the Avs back in this game. And a lot of the Kings games that I've watched lately, they do this a lot. They're a very good team. And as, if they can get Corpus Allo to give them some saves of any kind that they have not gotten all season, they're a real dark horse in the Western Conference, especially when it is as wide open as it is right now. 
I mean, if you put them against the Oilers in the first round, everyone's always on the Oilers train when it's talking about who's going to come out of the West. Kings are a good team. They are four lines deep. They don't have the the superstars that the Abs and the Oilers have or anything like that, but they are a deep team. And whenever we look at them, we're always like, dude, how are the Kings like one point back from winning the West right now? It is very realistic that the Kings could be the top seed in the West when the playoffs start. They've been here the whole time. Yeah, they're a good team. Anze Kopitar's sipping from the fountain of youth. So is Drew Doughty. Um, Adrian Kempe is awesome. Like, that, that dude kicks ass. I really like Adrian Kempe. Um, and then who's that new defenseman they got? Uh, why am I blanking on his name? Gabbard they said his name like, no, 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 no. The, the kid who came up from the minors. Oh, Spence? Spence. He's good, yeah. man. I like Spence a lot. Um, he, he is rock solid, but they're just a good solid team. Like they remind me of a little bit better version of the Kraken where it's, it's a team. They're four lines deep. I trust the King's star power more than the Kraken star power. So, um, they're going to be a tough out. And like you said, I thought the abs in this game, they started off pretty strong. I mean, they, they were the aggressor to start the game. I think the shots at one point, it was like six, nothing in that first period, um, and then Kale McCarr has a pinch and it doesn't work out and the Kings get two on one and Kempe scores uh, on their first shot of the game. Like you can't get mad at Kale McCarr for jumping up in the play. Cause that's what Avs defensemen do best. This is the risk you take when your defensemen are as active as the Avs are. Yeah. I mean, usually I'd give Kale a pass on this one, but th- this was a bad pinch, bad read, bad coverage, which is, is hap- going to happen. Kale McCarr is a human being. But I feel like that kind of is this game in a nutshell where the Avs are playing well, but their big guys make a big mistake. It leads to a key opportunity for the Kings and they score on their first shot of the game, which really did set the tempo here. And the Kings are a tough team to mount to come back on. You really cannot be down to these guys. And then Gabe Velarde sneaks one through Georgiev to make it two to nothing on one that you probably want him to have. But again, damn good shot. It was a perfect shot. That was there was only one place he could put it, and he put it there. I uh, didn't love the defensive coverage on that. I know that that's like the shot you want a player to take, but still, like it, it's a little rough um, to give up that goal. And once you give up two, and you're down two to this Kings team, who's just very solid in the neutral zone and just locks everything up, it was going to be an uphill climb, and that's what it turned out to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was. I don't, like it's frustrating because this team, you can't say they weren't trying, but the attention to detail was not there. And that's kind of been the theme with this team. Now that we're down to the final 18 games of the season, like we're really getting down to the wire. That's really been, I think my source of frustration is the the lack of consistency. Cause we're not that far removed from the Winnipeg Calgary Vegas stretch where this team was playing close to perfect hockey. And then you come into this game against the Kings, which is pretty important game against the playoff team. And it just seemed like the Kings wanted it a little more. The abs were not playing bad, but the Kings just seemed like they were more into this game, especially late. And the answers that they gave up once the abs did start to get some momentum just kind of killed anything this game had. You want to know what shows me that the abs weren't really tuned into the fine details. Just go watch those first two power plays by the abs in the second period. Some of the ugliest power play you will see from a team that has Nathan McKinnon, Miko Ranton and Kale McCarr on a power play in it. It was atrocious. The power play. Um, I know that the, we have the abs end up scoring their first goal on the power play technically, but that first unit in all of them was terrible. Yeah, those were some of the worst power plays of the season. In a season where the power play has had its stretches of being absolutely abysmal, they were no threat in this How are they still in like the top 12? Because I feel like the power play has not been good in months. Am I? The power play early in the season was like 50%. Right. They were scoring on like every single ship. I think it was just literally so good at that point for like the first 10 games that it has carried them so far to this point. But also you sometimes you just have a guy like Nathan McKinnon where in a game like today or not today in that game against the Kings, now I'm getting my timelines mixed up and everything, <laughs> but in that game against the Kings where he, he didn't have a good game, 
he was not very good. And it's not to pin that all on him. I don't think any of the stars particularly had a very good game, but you give him a chance and he just walks in and snipes it on you, much like in the Coyotes game that we'll talk about where he's just that kind of player where even in a game where he's not playing his best, he just has that game-breaking skill. But the power play was abysmal in this game. It, it, it didn't even really feel like the Kings had to work too hard for it. No, we couldn't even enter the zone, dude. Like the, the slingshot, I love I love the slingshot play, but we're going on like year five of it right now, doing it with McKinnon. So teams know how to stop it. It still works like 50% of the time, but if that's your only play to get entry into the zone, you're kind of fucked. Yeah, it was not pretty whatsoever. For like the I think play. the Avs dumped and chased a little bit on the power play in this game. It did. It was, I, it I'm was not the only way they could get the puck in. Yeah. On the power play, they were dumping and chasing. <laughs> yeah, not pretty, not a good sign. And it really did kill a lot of the momentum because in that second period, they got a little bit after the goal from Rodriguez and Deneau takes that slash on Miko Rantanen. The Avs have a chance to tie this game up before we even get to the third period and you walk away from that going, what the hell was that? Yeah, it was brutal. Um, and I, I agree with you. I think it's the attention to detail. It's just not there. But the thing that's saving with this team is that we know it can be there because we had those stretch that stretch against three really good teams. Well, I wouldn't say really good. Three play, two or three are playoff teams. It, it, like it's it in was, there. It was barely even the teams they played. It was just like that is damn perfect hockey against Winnipeg, Calgary, and Vegas. Vegas is going to go down as one of the best games of the season for this team. But it's also like we don't have to theorize about it anymore. This team has kind of come out and been like. The regular season's hard to get up for at yeah. this point. When you go out and you have the grind in the playoffs, an 82-game grind is hard to get up for. There's the quote from Bednar but that we'll talk about in a second, but it's also the one from McKinnon after the loss against the Kings where he says, yeah, not many lessons. There's so many games. We play four times a week, so games like that are going to happen. Can you imagine hearing that last season? Oh, Twitter would have been fucking broken, dude. Well, I mean, like, that would have been how we opened the show if that was yeah. the case. But that's also the thing is like that would never leave anybody's mouth last season when this team is grinding, especially in the regular season with a lot of those wins that they had to try to get in good position in the playoffs and get those good habits. But I feel like that kind of explains a lot for this team right now. It's the regular season. All you got to do is get in. And the grind has been a lot, honestly, for this team, especially winning the cup, obviously all the injuries they've had to deal with and, they have gotten up four games in the past month and a half. They have done a good job of that, at least. But for this game against the Kings, I mean, it's not really a mystery. They weren't all there for it. I mean, they kind of, you don't even have to read between the lines. They weren't into it as much as the Kings were. We'll go into that third period. You're down one. You think this game's right in the hands and the Kings score like 20 seconds into the third period. Yeah, and make that, it three that end of the game right like, there. You could tell. Like it was, how does that happen coming out of the intermission where it's like, all right, boys, I know we haven't played our best, but let's go out there and have a third period where we just kick ass. And they, that was probably their worst period they played was the third period. Yeah. Without, without, third period without question. Period. Oh my God, that was their worst period. You get that goal from Adrian Kempe, his second of the night that makes it three to one Kings, 24 seconds in. But then you go on the power play that we ragged on so much about. And Nathan McKinnon scores again just because, of course, he does. It's Nathan McKinnon right. at home, sets a franchise record in these games with goals against the Kings and the Coyotes and passes Joe Sackick for the home goal streak, makes it 3-2. to two. Okay, you've got something here now. Maybe you can build off of this. Plenty of time to get another goal. 15 seconds later, you get Deneau tipping that one in on the shot from Jack Spence, who we talked about earlier. 4-2 to two Kings. Game. Game. Shot. Yeah, it was it was crazy, man. Like it was that that game was so there for the Avs to take, and they just did nothing with it, man. Yeah. That was I think that was the frustrating part. I think me and you exchanged some texts where we're like, "Are we sure this team's gonna go far?" But then those quotes come out, and you go, "Okay, yeah, that makes complete sense." Like once the playoffs come in, they're gonna be able to kick it into high gear. But that is a dangerous fucking game to play. It is a dangerous very, fucking game, very dangerous game to play. I mean, we've seen Tampa. Mm -hmm. go on the regular seasons and not be great, but get in and then do real damage in the playoffs. We've not seen this version of the Avs 
have to do that yet. So it is an unproven quantity. We don't know if playoff abs is a thing. Based on prior evidence, it is because a guy like Nathan McKinnon goes crazy in the playoffs. Kale McCarr goes crazy in the playoffs. Val Nachushkin goes crazy in the playoffs. But as of right now, we just kind of have to wait and see if that flip gets switched. Is Gabe Landeskog going to be back for the playoffs or the end of the regular season? I think that's going to be a big question to ask. But based on what we've seen from this team this season, that kind of is our hope, isn't it? Because the way this team has played in the regular season, which is the only thing you have to go on going into the playoffs, these kind of performances are not going to cut it. Because that game against the Kings was winnable. And it doesn't look like it with a 5-2 score. The Kings played a great game. But if you clean up your game, a lot of those goals don't go in the net. You look at the heat maps of this game. The Kings had a tent and campfire in front of Georgiev. They were just chilling in front of the net. I think four of their goals came basically at even strength and right in front of the net. They were unimpeded in that area. And the defensive details for this team were not there. From players that we know know better than a lot of the decisions that they were making. Kale McCarr on that first goal. Not a good read. Not a good play. Devontae's doesn't really pick shot or pass on it. Like You, you want to pick one, not kind of go right. half and half on the other. He's not helping out Georgiev a lot there. And Georgiev commits to the shot. It's a pass. Easy goal kind of thing. Like Just the kind of thing like... I know you know better than this. I've seen you make the ridiculous defensive play, the incredibly high IQ play several times this season, the season before, the one before that. Like we all know that you know better than this. Yeah. It's I think the details are going to come back for them. I I really do because they're too talented not to, but the thing that scares me and I think scares most Avs fans is just the fact of they're unproven in this strategy. The past three years, they've been on the come up where it's like, hey, we're trying to prove ourselves. And now that you've proved yourselves, what do you do now? And I'm intrigued to see it because I know the playoffs aren't really locked up, but the ads are seven games up in hand ahead of Nashville and Winnipeg. And they have two games in hand on both of them. Yeah, this team is going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Like the thought of not making the playoffs is unrealistic. It's yeah. not going to happen. This team is in... They're going to make the playoffs, but they're still fighting for a, a lot more than just making right. the playoffs. Like Minnesota does not have this problem right now. They are 8-0-2 in their last 10, and they they just keep finding ways to win. Dallas is 6-3-1 in their last 10, which is still including the losing streak that they've had in there, and they are finding ways to get the job done. Winnipeg, they're 3-5-2, but they're starting to turn it around a little bit. I mean, the runway's not there anymore. You're going to be in, but you're still in these races and still talking in mid-March. Like, it's just oh, the the grind of the regular season. Like, dude, the playoffs are in four weeks. Yeah. we're This is the time where tune-ups are done and you're starting to ramp up for the playoffs because I believe that they can do it because they have done it in February. Again, that three-game stretch, they were on. The details were close to perfect. They've shown they can do it. But now it's just a matter of are they going to do it in the regular season and then game one of the playoffs? It's like, oh, there we go. That's better. Because right now, if they go up against Minnesota in the playoff series, that's a seven game series. Yeah, that's a tough series. Like you're not going to have your your Nashville and the St. Louis series where you just walk all over them and sweep them because you're just way better than them. It's going to be a tough, hard fought series. Maybe you do end it in five, but you're going to have to fight for it every step of the way. And Minnesota, I mean, they're going to be without Kaprizov for probably until the end of the regular season. I'd say the optimistically earliest would be against us would be his first game back. And maybe that slows their role a bit, but like that's a team that's paid attention to the details. The last couple of games picked up a lot of really big wins. Their last regulation loss was to us in a game that they should have won in a game that we, we definitely got bailed out by goaltending both ways. They're a team that looks good right now and is going to, they know they're going to be doing all the right things heading into the playoffs. And now we're just kind of talking about like a playoff switch. I believe they can do it, but we don't know that yet because yeah. this team hasn't needed to flip the playoff switch. They've just been that good the last couple of years. 
Yeah, they've been that good. So I, my final summary of the Kings game, it was frustrating, but it, eventually you're going to have to start competing in these games more. Right? It's just the way it has to be. Um, those type of efforts are not going to win you games against good hockey teams. Yeah. They just aren't. I will say, I mean, there's a guy that I've been a little disappointed in since the trade deadline, and that, that's been JT Comfer. I mean, it's a it's a guy that we kind of trusted to be the guy after the deadline at 2C. Uh, he's been pointless since the deadline, which he's been great leading up to it, but I think it's a spot this team has been missing the last couple of games, and they did pick up the win against Arizona, which we'll talk about, but especially in a game like this against LA, like that's when you need your second line center because that's what JT Comfer is now. There's, there's no one else coming. That is, that is his role is JT Comfer's job. You need that guy to, to carry the guys below the stars. You need them. Um, I still like, I think there's a lot of players you're, you're wanting to see more. I mean, JT Comfer is one of them. I'm keep waiting for Alex Newhook to come back to life. Um, still waiting to see that he's kind of gone dormant. So it's just that's the one Achilles heel of this Avs teams right now is if Miko, Kale, and Mac aren't playing at a superstar level, you, you can't win. Yeah. I mean, even the thing about Newhook is that he just keeps sneaky picking up points. I mean, he had a point in this Kings game. He had a point against the Coyotes, too. For a guy like Comfort, like you got the role, you got the job. You are the second line center for the playoffs, and there's still plenty of time. He's been really good. So I'm going to give him the break because he's earned it because he's played really well throughout the season, but you do need to see more from him now that we know that this is his job. Right. I agree. He's, he's got to step it up. Um, I think there's time. They are kind of fidgeting with the lines. I saw in the coyotes game that they, they put Lecky and Val with him for most of it. And I don't hate that. I think that's actually a good hardworking defensive line that can give some offensive pop, but I also kind of feel like Val and Lecky aren't, going to reach their full potential playing with JT Comfer. Obviously when you go from playing with Nathan McKinnon to JT Comfer, like there's going to be a little bit of a drop off and that scares me a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's a given that that's going to happen and Comfer, I mean, especially in February was probably one of the more consistent players on the team. And so I have the full faith in him that again, the switch is going to get flipped because that's also face like the, the sample size of us being frustrated with this team in March is smaller than the sample size of us being really happy with them in February, especially in that second half of February run. So there's still plenty of time to turn it around. And this Arizona game after the first period, which I think is important to mention is a good sign that this team is paying a little more attention and they're not satisfied with performances like they had against the Kings because the game against the Coyotes did not start well. I thought the Avs were okay to start, but they're down two to one at the end of the first after that, they completely took over the game. Yeah, took over the game. Uh, the Mulgan man just continues to keep scoring. I mean, he is, he's turned into probably a very good fourth liner for this team. And the fact we trade him for Dryden Hunt, um, common Joe Sackett, Chris McFarland dub. Um, he's been unreal, dude. That play, uh, was it Jack Johnson who said? No, it was Brad Hunt. It was Brad Hunt who sends the lob pass to Dennis Mulgan, skates down, beats uh, Connor Ingram. Uh, blocker like the seven hole basically um, and before we go too much farther in this game uh, Connor Ingram must there's got to be something in the Denver water because I forget the stat that Peter Baugh tweeted out but Connor Ingram is like fucking Andre Vasilevsky when he comes to ball arena the dude is unreal yeah he's got I think it was like he stopped 90 yeah 90 of 95 shots faced in ball arena in his last two games because the last time he was here was game two against Nashville where we should have ran them out of the building and he faced 50 shots but dragged that game to overtime 1-1 before Kale McCarr beat him and uh, much like today very much the same story where the Coyotes had a good first period probably should have been run out of the building well after that at that point the story of this game the third period, the Avs outshoot Arizona 18 to nothing. They held the Coyotes to zero shots in the third period, which they haven't done since 2015 against the Arizona Coyotes, sensing a bit of a pattern there. <laughs> but Connor Ingram is the only reason that this game got dragged three to two to overtime, got the score right that time. And the Avs, they did a good job in this game, 
slow start, but that goal from Dennis Mulgan, very nice. I'd very much like to see him stick around on this team next season. Now that he has found his scoring touch over the last little bit, he's up to eight goals on the season. The Jack McBain goal for Arizona, honestly, I thought was just kind of lucky. I didn't think there was. I mean, Byron fell down. Yeah, he fell. (laughs) And McBain had the easiest goal of his life. The Clayton Keller goal, though. Oh, that was bad. That's kind of, that can't happen. That's like the one guy on the Coyotes you can't leave wide open. Yeah. McKinnon just looked lost on this play defensively. And a lot of people are caught puck watching. Clayton Keller just gets the the cross-ice pass. He's one-on-one with Georgiev and just beats him. It's the kind of play where it's, if as long as you're paying attention, that's not going to happen. It's very simple. I'd get it if, like, fucking Connor McDavid had the puck in the corner right there, but we're talking about Barrett Hayton having the puck in the corner right there. He's not dangerous right there. You can, you can kind of give him some space. Follow the trail guy. It's always the trail guy, and and that's what happened. He was wide open. I thought it was a gross move by Clayton Keller to fake that slap shot, get Georgiev to open up five hole and just slide it right through. But, yeah, I mean, McKinnon's puck watching. Um, just after all the good that you thought this period had, you go into it down 2-1, and you're like, what the fuck happened, man? <laughs> like, how yeah. is this happening again? I mean, the thing with McKinnon, is it, he's had his breakdowns over the last couple of games obviously the Seattle one that ended up costing us a point. You almost rather him get it out of the way against in this game against the coyotes early. And the thing about McKinnon is again, still don't think he had a very good game, but he's just so good that you give him a little bit of space on the power play and he just absolutely rips it to tie the game. And that's why he's going to be the highest played player in the league next season. Cause even when he's not great, He's still the best in the world and can just absolutely break the game open. Well, and dude, that's the thing again in this game. The power play was not good. I mean, they get the stats show that they have a power play goal. The power play was not very good in this game either. Like there's a lot to be desired with this power play unit still like a lot. And we need to see them get going again before the playoffs start. Cause that's power play goals in the playoffs are some of the most important, like it's like gold in the playoffs. When you get a power play, you have to take advantage of them. So you need to get that going. The one good thing, the penalty kill has been fucking f- fantastic. That's been the that's been the constant the last several games is the penalty kill has been a goddamn brick wall. And shout out to Logan O'Connor, who again has a really tough time scoring, like he did in this game against the Coyotes. Probably should have finished that one he had, but on the penalty kill, the man's been a stud. And shout out to Lars Eller too. He's come in here and has done a fantastic job on the PK. He's done good. The PK looks good. And you're still missing Josh Manson and Eric Johnson, which are two year defensemen. And I want to give this guy a shout out because he, the abs haven't been playing great, but this guy probably since February, mid February has been a very good defenseman. That's Sam Gerard. Like he has turned quietly back into the Sam Gerard we had before he got COVID like very quietly. And every game he's making a play where you go, fuck yeah, Sammy G let's go dude. Like that confidence is coming back for him. And we all know the type of player he can be. I think the thing that's happening is he's not trying to be a player that he can't be. He's just being the best version of himself, which is still a very good, solid top four defenseman in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what we've been asking from him all season, because whenever we mention Sam Girard, you have to talk about the conversation surrounding Sam Girard because it's just a constant. But that's been our thing is as long as he's playing like the player he's supposed to be, then there's really no problem with him. And ever since February, he's been great. And especially in that game against the Kings, he was fantastic. In this game against the Coyotes, I thought he's been even better. And in a season where a lot of defensemen have been inconsistent, like Devontae's has been shockingly inconsistent the last little while, Sam Gerrard has been phenomenal. And on the penalty kill, where we've had some gripes with him, it's been brilliant. Like he's He's been been making fantastic clearing plays he's picking up points and people are pointing at his plus minus and everything like i'm sorry like i don't know what you want i the eyes tell me a different story than what the the stat sheet shows. even then you dig into the stats a little bit and you look at his his dangerous chances against are in line with a guy who is on the second pair on an nhl team right it's like it's not amazing it's not terrible 
but it's also like it's like minus 12 are we still using that as a, a bench line for how we did ryan graves lead the league in plus minus a couple years ago with the abs right. wasn't it jack johnson last yeah. year who had a ridiculous plus minus on this team like it's not a stat you should dig into too much it does not mean much sam gerard for really the last month has been brilliant for this team and he deserves his credit he does and it's if you look at it one way, he's just if you're still in the camp of trade Sam Gerard, he's just driving up his stock right now. Like this is this should everyone should be cheering for Sam Gerard to play well because if you want him traded, it's getting better for I, the trade package. I, just, I don't understand trade Gerard once the trade deadline's already passed. It's not it literally can't happen <laughs> right now. So you might as well cheer for him to do well. Yeah, because it, it it's it's a win win for everyone if he plays good hockey. And he's been playing good hockey. We're both in the camp that you only move him if it makes sense to get someone with term and for a similar contract. That's it. So I wanted to give him some credit because he's been quietly very good. He hasn't been scoring goals, but he's putting up points right now. And he's turning slowly back into the Sam Gerard we saw in the 2020 season, 2021 season. Yep. So he's been want to give him some credit. Yeah. And especially like Bo Byram's had a tough couple of games recently. Defensively. 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 But Sam Gerard has been great like you, ha- you there's really not a lot to complain about with his game at the moment and when there is something to complain about with Gerard we'll be sure to let you know but recently guy's been one of the most consistent guys on the team like I have absolutely zero worries at the moment yeah I feel great if you get him and EJ back together like if you're talking your third pair is EJ and Sam Gerard that's pretty fucking good dude like yeah. that's and if Sam Gerard's playing the way he's playing he should feast on third and fourth line fucking forwards and defensemen like that's that's a good third pair to be to have so i want to give sam gerard his credit hey everybody hope you've been enjoying this episode so far interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings sportsbook nba fans it's time to bring back the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba this week new customers can bet five dollars and win two hundred dollars in free bets instantly Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. All you have to do, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place in a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. I'm not going to pretend to be a basketball guy, but those Denver Nuggets... They're looking like some free money right now. If you want to get in on the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, you can download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode we talked about it in the second period nathan king gets the one and only goal like you said wasn't he wasn't playing particularly like up to the nathan king standards but he still has like a nine game home goal streak so he's going to hit 30 goals which is hilarious because like not even a month and a half ago he was at like 12 so him getting the 30 is pretty funny um nasty shot on connor ingram ties it up two to two we go into the third period like you already said the abs dominated this period. They they took it to the Coyotes. It was 18-0. I did not get the Coyotes strategy of parking the bus when it's tied 2-2 for that entire third period. Like, don't you want to lose? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just think they genuinely did not have enough talent to keep up with the abs in this game and probably a little frustrated with how good Connor Ingram played in this game because the Avs, they should have walked away with the regulation win. They should have at least scored three in this period. I mean, the Coyotes, they literally had nothing. They could not even get the puck in their own zone. The Avs outshot them 32-8 to pretty much over the course of the last two periods of this game. It was not close whatsoever. And... If we, you, it was almost like we were preparing for the inevitable that they were going to lose this game okay. in overtime or more likely in the shootout, but they they gutted through it. I mean, this it's not an easy game to win. Even games like this where a goalie standing on his head, and it's a good that they were at least able to get the job done. Yeah, it was good. I It was interesting to see who Bednar threw out there to start overtime with Val, uh, JT, and Devon Taves. I thought that was an interesting strategy, but then it kind of works out because then you get Kale, Miko, and Nate on the ice 
Um, and I don't think the Coyotes touched the puck the entire time those three were out there. Yeah, they, they have stripped the puck early, and McKinnon just hands the puck to Kale McCarr and says, you do this yourself, and puts on an incredible show the whole way, picks up the overtime winner, and poor Connor Ingram once again, tortured by visions of Kale McCarr for ruining what is probably the best two games of his career. Yeah. Probably with... Actually, he uh, had, the, the shutout against the Lightning was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that, I couldn't think of that one, but yeah, that the shutout against the Lightning is probably up there too. But two of the best three games of his career have just been absolutely ruined by some Kale McCarr magic. Yeah, I mean that play by Kale was just like, oh yeah, I'm better than every single one of you on the ice. I'm just going to zoom past you. Ingram was super aggressive, which is what he'd been all day, um, and Kale waits him out. Easiest overtime winner we probably will see. So the abs get the win. They bounce back from that tough game against LA and so far against two teams, they should beat they've beaten. I know the game against Coyotes doesn't look like they beat them handily, but they, that, that score could have easily been six to two. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that it really was, could have been. It was the Connor Ingram show. That game probably realistically should have been five two. Yeah. So still some things the abs need to work on defensively, but if you look at this upcoming week, you got Montreal on Monday. Um, today by the time you're listening to this and with Montreal, like you said earlier in the show, they love to play spoiler. They are loving that role. Um, so I'm really, really interested to see how this game goes. We already faced the Canadians once this year. I think we've only beat them one, nothing in overtime, right? It was a Miko goal in overtime. It was overtime. I don't remember if it was one, nothing, but I feel like we just always go to OT against the Habs. Yeah. So the Habs are a sneaky team. Um, I think the abs, if they play like they did against the Coyotes, have a good chance. Um, I'm not going to say it's going to be an easy game because it's the first of a road trip, so you just never know how the boys are going to go out there. But I, I think they win it, I'm going to say, four to one. I don't think, I think they get good. two empty net goals. I mean, the Habs are a team that just loves to play teams tough. I mean, you look at their last several games against the Hurricanes and the Rangers, like they love to drag these games to shootouts and overtime and everything like that. New Jersey, their last game, they lost three to one. I think the abs are going to win this game because you, you just cannot be giving up these points right now. But I don't know about overtime. I think four to two, probably with an empty netter as well. It's going to be a little closer than we like because yeah. the Habs are thriving off of that. We've lost. No one believes our, in us. Yeah, we've lost all of our good players, and we are the king of the trap game right now. I think it's going to be close, but the Avs are going to get the job done, like they should against these teams. They should, but I am a little worried about the look head spot to Wednesday against Tampa or Toronto. I am a little worried about that. Yeah, that that scares me a little bit. So the Avs need to come out, have their feet under them, and get going right away. Because I think if you go up two nothing on the Habs. Like you get an early two goal lead, this game's over. They aren't coming back from that. Honestly, I I wouldn't be too confident about that quite yet. I mean, the Habs team they are really good at taking advantage of sleeping teams. I think I think this is going to take a full sixty minutes, even if you are up two to nothing. No, I agree, but I think if you can get an early lead, it's imperative. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to be behind in this game at all. I agree. You don't want the Jake Allen magic to yeah. happen. I think the abs are going to be up. I think they're going to have to really fend off the Habs late and they're going to walk out of there with a four, two win. That was maybe a little more pulse pounding than we would have hoped for, but you get to Wednesday against Toronto. That might be a, that might be a fun game to watch. And it might also be a tough game to watch because you go back to the matchup against the Leafs earlier on new year's Eve, the abs lose six to two and what was beginning to be one of their worst stretches of the season uh, the game in Toronto last year, I believe that was eight to three, if I'm remembering right. Yep. And the Avs were down four to one in that other matchup last year before they came back to win in overtime. So you can never claim these games against the Leafs are boring. But the Leafs, I don't think they need any introduction as to how they how threatening they are offensively. You mean you look at just that Oilers game they had on Saturday, they win that one seven to four. If you are having any sort of defensive breakdowns in this game, you will lose. That's yes. it. It's that plain cut and simple. I'm not feeling great about this game. I'm going to be honest with you. Just what we've seen recently, but when this team plays another playoff team, I, I'm not feeling good about it. Um, I think we could have a blowout on our hands. I, I think we could get taken to the woodshed by the Leafs in this game. I, I really do. Um, this game scares me. 
Uh, like you said, if the abs can limit turnovers, get Georgiev to stand on his head, I just, I don't know if the abs win this game. I, I'm, I'm finding it harder and harder to pick the abs in this game. It's going to be a tough one. I mean, I don't think there's any two ways around that. It's going to have to be a hard fought win. If you do pull this one out, Toronto is vulnerable. There's no question about that. They've definitely had their games. Like they, they lost to Vancouver recently. The Oilers have beaten them recently. They're always due for a loss every now and again. They, they really don't go on many winning streaks too often where they win like five in a row. So they play Buffalo on Monday at home. Then they have us on Wednesday. I don't know if the Avs win it, but I think if you can drag this game to overtime, I think you, you can be happy with that. Oh, yeah. You, I'd be ecstatic if we get a point out of this game. I just, just what I've seen recently from this team against playoff teams, it, it's, it hasn't been good. So I'm not feeling great about this game. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. I, I, if we get the abs that showed up in Calgary and then Winnipeg, yeah, the abs can win this game easily. But I just don't know if we're going to get them. I yeah, just don't. The, the abs team that showed up against the Kings and the one that showed up against Dallas, they're not going to do much in no. this game. I mean, it's going to be a fun game no matter how you do it. But it's going to be a tough one to win, especially now that we're already talking about like you've got Bednar coming out here and saying that you can be as prepared as you. the exact quote is you could be prepared as you can possibly be, but you're looking at the schedule going, wow, I got to do that for 82 games again. It's hard to get to that spot mentally when you're competing as hard as you can. Pretty much an admission from the coach that this team is having a hard time trying to get through the 82 game season. And it's another Wednesday game midweek. It's just, it's going to come down to how up are the abs for this game? That's every game for the regular season is how up are the abs for it? Does this one matter to them? Because here's the thing, you have the game the next day against Ottawa. So if that game gets ugly in the first 30 minutes of it, the Az may just pack it fucking in and just be like, well, just save it up for fucking Wednesday or Thursday. Like That's a very real possibility that they could do. So this game scares me. I think my final prediction for it, I I think the Avs lose six to three. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to take care of business against Montreal is my prediction for this game against the Leafs is you have to beat the Habs because this is going to be a tough two points to get. And if you can drag a point out of this, you're probably satisfied with that. This is probably the toughest game you have left on the season. I'd uh, say Minnesota, Minnesota. Well, they're going to be without Kaprizov. I mean, like this is probably like the hardest game to win you have on your schedule. Yeah, that's fair. I, I don't know. I, I'm just getting bad vibes about this game. I'm just getting bad vibes. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, these middle of the week games haven't been very kind to us recently. Yeah. Saturday day games, we kick ass in. If all the playoff games are played on Saturday, we'll be solid. But I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not feeling great about it. I mean, the weekend games, especially in February, we kicked ass in. When we play yeah. in the middle of the week, this team is a fucking nightmare. Like yeah, Wednesdays, can... Wednesdays and Thursdays, Chicago was on a Thursday. Anaheim was on a Thursday. Uh, the Lightning game, the 5 nothing one was a Thursday. And then... Everything else was on the weekend pretty much for the month of February outside the odd Monday. New Jersey was a Wednesday. L.A. was a Thursday. Now you got Toronto on a Wednesday. I mean, I'm cherry picking what I want for my narrative right now. But these these middle of the week games have not been good vibes. No, not good vibes. But, yeah, I mean, if they can hold on and get a point out of Toronto and then you beat Ottawa and you're talking, you get five or six points on this road trip, you're feeling pretty damn good. Yeah, You're so, feeling fine. And then you have Detroit. On Saturday for another morning game. Yeah. Here's the thing that cracks me up though. The Avs will probably lose to the Habs and then beat the Leafs and the Senators. That's just how it'll go. Yeah. Like, Honestly. Yeah. That's how it's gonna happen. Or they'll lose to the Habs in like a shootout. That's, that's just what's gonna happen. And then they'll beat the Leafs and beat the Senators. You'll be like, what the fuck's going on here, man? So it's gonna be a fun week. Uh we're gonna have a lot of hockey to talk about. I did want to get your thought on this real quick. I don't, I don't uh, have a lot of thoughts right now, man. No, no, you're good. I don't know if you've been tuning into this, but I think it's something I'm keeping a close eye on, and it's related to the hockey world. Um, as many people know, regional sports networks are failing, and they're failing miserably. Like Bally Sports, who I think telecasts like over half the league's games, is filed for bankruptcy. Not, a not good. A not insignificant number of teams. Yeah. A not insignificant number, but what 
I'm really intrigued. I don't know if you saw this is what MSG who carries the Islanders, the devils and the Rangers is doing. They're offering a streaming uh, like app for their fans that doesn't get blacked out and it's a paid fee. And I saw a lot of people complaining that the prices were ridiculous. And I think it was like yearly, it was like a hundred bucks. And like for monthly, it was like almost nine 99 a month. You're already paying for that. If you pay for cable, like it looks bad. Cause it's just one lump sum to that. But if you're telling me as an abs fan, I can get a fucking like I have Fubo. So I kind of do have streaming right now with altitude, but if I just had an altitude app, and I could just pay for a monthly fee and I just could watch any game I wanted to any place, anywhere. I would do that in a fucking heartbeat. Like, I don't know why the NHL isn't doing this. A hundred dollars is a lot of money though, for like one or two channels at most for a couple of teams. Like I like the, I like the idea, but that price is fucking crazy. It's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, if you're talking to most people in New York, you can't watch any New York games. You don't even fucking live yeah. in New York. I mean, I'm like, I'm considering subscribing to it just because right. I cannot watch any New York games. I don't live in New York. Why can I not watch <laughs> New York games? It extends to a, a very different problem, though, that it should not be like this. Right. We're, we're talking about my options are I don't have to watch the games or I have to spend $100 to watch my local games. Not all of the games local game you're talking a hundred bucks a year for all of the games every single one i would do that in a heartbeat but at the end of the day it is easier to illegally stream games for free and that is what the league is pushing people to do and they're wondering why viewership is down and this is going to be another thing where you have a big market like the rangers and the islanders and the devils big markets that are just replay enough teams yeah that are not going to pay for that and they're going to go to nondescript NHL game for free website that I will not mention because I probably shouldn't. And they're just going to watch it on there for free and not pay money because that's what people are going to do. Streaming services are, are losing to these right now. Netflix is losing to these. Every time they implement something stupid, people are just going to go, okay, well, I'll go to 321movies.com and watch it for free. And sports fans are doing this now too, where it's like, I can go watch this game for free with an ad blocker. Like, I don't need to do any of this. Yeah, I, I just think it's a good idea as to solving your problem because Comcast isn't picking up MSG. They aren't picking up Altitude. I forget which other big TV market they can't watch on. Like, it's it's hurting the teams and it's hurting the NHL. So I love the idea of starting your own streaming service. That's why I was begging for Altitude to do for the past three years before they jumped on Fubo. Um, but if you give fans the option, I think it'll work. I think it's a really good idea. And I think it could save a lot of a lot of people's bacon. The best way to save people's bacon is in blackouts. But yeah, that's, point that, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day is that blackouts should not exist. And that would solve this league's problems tenfold. The first league that is like, yeah, we're just not going to do blackouts anymore is going to see exponential growth. Right. And here's the thing. It doesn't have to be like you can black out, but like, let's say um, if you're watching an abs game, right. And they're on the road against the coyotes and I'm in Denver, I can only watch the one broadcast of the abs. They make that the one broadcast that's available on fucking ESPN plus. Like you can't watch the Coyotes broadcast, but you can watch the Avs broadcast. And I don't know if there's something like with statistics and revenue, like does that count towards their viewership if people are watching on the app? Like, I don't know. There's probably something there. I just, but... I just don't see why it should be such a hang up that people watch it one place versus another, that it has to be this lockdown that you can only watch it this way or you can go fuck yourself. Well, and it's because if you look at like the NFL, the NFL splits that revenue share between all teams. Well, I feel like with the TV contracts, the NHL is trying to do what the MLB has done. And the MLB, like the teams make all the profit from this. The singular team makes all the profit from the regional sports network. Well, what does the NFL do that no other league does? Red zone. And what is probably one of the most successful ventures that the NFL does? 
red zone where you're not you're not watching every single game but you're getting the gist of it you're seeing every single important thing and that's why team fans don't really care about blackouts in the nfl maybe a bit but watching red zone is is in my opinion my favorite way to watch football it doesn't oh, it's not the same for other sports right. but it's a great way around blackouts it's a great way around blackouts i I just, I mean, the easiest fix is obviously get rid of blackouts in the yeah. NHL. Just get rid of them. Just like, give, give me an option to watch any game that I want to watch. Give me a way that I can have six games on at the same time. And me and my ADHD riddled brain will be s- sitting here entertained for hours. Right. I should be able to watch the Caps in Maryland on ESPN. I should be able to just watch New York teams. Again, don't live in New York. Never have. Not even really that close to it. But my... The thing I always go back to is it should not be easier for me as an out-of-state fan to watch the Avs than a fan that lives in Colorado. Right. That, that does not make any sense. Yeah, it's crazy. So I I still think the Avs could do this with altitude. Uh, if Crocky Sports could do this. I think it'd be a really good idea. I'm interested to see how it goes in New York. I think they're kind of being the guinea pigs for everyone. And if it's successful for them, I think you'll see more and more teams do it. But if it's successful, I really think you could see a lot of these Bally sports teams just paying for their own broadcasts and just cashing in on the app. Yeah. I mean, Bally sports has been a a failure from the get go. It's not just the, the NHL. It's been every team that they've got basketball, baseball, basketball, baseball. It's been an, an abject disaster. However you want to frame it. And good that it's going to die and these teams will have to do something else for it. Like, I think they still have the worst score bug in the history of any sports. Yeah. Like, I think ATT sports or whatever the one is that does the Penguins and the Golden Knights is is the Kraken. Yeah. Kraken. I think, I think that's AT. What is that? ATT sports. You're right. Yeah. Like, that one's not doing pretty well either. That one's been reported, or I think it's like actively going under as well or something. Yeah. And that affects Denver fans too because that's what the Rockies are broadcast on. Yeah. But it's, I think you're right. I think that is the direction that we're heading in. I like the idea. The idea of $100 to me is a little. For a year, though. If you break that down per, per month, but it's, it's, it's That's not also bad. basically what I pay for ESPN Plus for all of the teams. That's and, what I'm saying. And also not only just the NHL, but like the entire college basketball library, everything on ESPN as well. Like, that to me is worth the price for me, like just for a, a capitals package, just for me in Maryland for a hundred bucks. I'm, I'm, I'm typing in one, two, three hockey and watching it for free. I don't disagree with you. We both agree. The easiest way to fix it is just, you have ESPN plus has all the broadcasts. Just let yeah. people fucking it's watch all the right there. I already pay for it. The solution yeah. is already here. Just right. let me have it. And I think the reason why we're not going to have it is because the owners aren't getting money from ESPN plus signups. They already got their money in the deal. So that's why they aren't going to end blackouts. That's why I think you go to the second best option, which is have these streaming services that you create because I know altitude already has, like you can sign in if you're a direct TV customer and stream it on your phone. You can, it's very simple. Um, it's just, why are we not doing this? Is it that much more expensive? I know MSG is owned by a multi. Huh, I take that back. Fucking altitudes owned by a billionaire too so it's not like these guys are hurting for money but i'm really intrigued to see what happens with this msg plus if it actually goes through it's it's also when you really think about like a lot of these services are terrible like um masn here in the dmv i have not watched an orioles or nationals baseball game in like six years because i simply do not know how none of none of my services have the channel like i cannot watch those teams so for the example of growing the game of baseball i've been trying i want to give you my money because i want to try something else but you literally will not let me blackouts are just the the strangest concept in sports to me that i get when it was like fucking 1995 you'd black shit out but we're in fucking 2023 dude like the technology's there like I can go on to ESPN plus when the abs are playing and click on the game. And then when it troubles me low, it tells me it's blacked up. Right. Like it's like there. Any, any New York game, it's all right there for me. And every time I try to watch one, no matter the broadcast, it says, sorry, this is blacked out in your location. 
Still have not gotten an answer as to why, but it's affected me. I've heard it's affected other people in this area, and I'm sure other people have had random problems with it too. It's also like it's not even just New York teams. I can't watch the Flyers now too for some reason. Not that I'm. I mean, any, you're, you're not missing much there. Not, not <laughs> that I'm in any hurry there. to watch the Flyers, but like when the Flyers are one of the only three teams playing one of the three games on that night, it's a little annoying. It shouldn't be a thing that I should even have to think about as a fan. Like the obstacles, and like this is me. Like I go out of my way to watch hockey. If I'm just a casual fan coming home from work and just trying to put on a hockey game, I'm not going to jump through these hoops. I'm just going to watch something else. Yeah, You want to talk about growing the game, but it's just, it's crazy. Cause like, I love Fubo. It's, it's been the best form of like streaming I've had, but they don't have any of the Turner channels. Like I can't watch TNT. Yeah. Well, so there's also my problem with Fubo is that the the service itself, I don't know if it's just my TV or Fubo, but for me, it sucks because I have to like restart my whole television to watch it. Oh, see mine. I don't have those problems. I'm yeah. good with Fubo on mine. Like it's actually a very good system for me. Um, I found it to be really good. It has all the channels I want. I can stream it on multiple different devices. Hey, let, let, I really let, like Let's it. keep that talk to a minute. We're not sponsored. So, I know. but that's, but I still can't watch all the games because I don't have TNT is not on Fubo. Yeah. So like I have to watch, watch you, I have to watch you, TNT on sling, which doesn't right. have my other channels. So like this should, this should not be complicated. And it's exactly what you said. We are hardcore fans. We will yeah. go out of our way to find ways to watch game. But if you're a casual Joe trying to get into hockey, you're not going to jump through these fucking hoops. Like yeah. it's just, I didn't watch both the TNT games today and they turned out like, I mean, the Red Wings game was pretty solid. And then the Rangers Penguins game you said was great. I, I couldn't watch. Yeah, I mean, the Rangers, the Rangers have had a ton of bangers this season. Like, their game against Calgary earlier, everyone was, like, live-tweeting it. And I was like, I I can't watch this. Yeah, I literally have no option to watch this. And, you know, the casual fan, like, they're not going to go to these illegal sites for regular no. season games. They don't and, care. And risk getting, like, a virus on their computer and, like, a tr- like an IP tracer or whatever. Like, they're not going to do that. They're just going to watch something else and be like, okay, I don't know why this is so complicated. It's like, like for me, as someone trying to get into baseball, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch the Orioles or the Nationals here. Like, I'm not going to go on these sites to do that because I just don't care enough. Right. And that that's the frustrating part. So I did want to bring that up because I that came up in the news probably, I think, like a week and a half, almost two weeks ago. But we, we haven't had a chance to talk on the show, and I was intrigued to hear your thoughts on it. Um, because I really think that could, if it goes well, that could be the future of team sports and how you watch is getting the subscription service. And then if you're that, like it makes financial sense for these teams because that's consistent revenue for the entire year that you're not getting back. Like usually they just give you one lump sum, but if you're getting a constant revenue flow, that could open a ton of new avenues for these teams. I just don't think the people in charge of this care that much to re- to go through this entire process and whatever the legal process would be and the complications of it all, it'd be expensive and just, just be too hard, you know? So it's, it's easier for them to just keep blackouts and get all the streaming rights and everything and the broadcast rights and just do things the way they've always been done. Right. No, I mean, I totally get what you're saying, but I'm really intrigued to see how this works because with the Bally sports crumbling, um, and MSG not being on Comcast now for almost a year. We're going on what year four with the abs not being on uh Comcast out here. Yeah. Like, like the, this this started my first semester of college yeah. and I'm graduating this semester. Right. Like it's been crazy. So I'm intrigued to see, but I did want to bring that up and uh I thought it was interesting. So did you have any we're coming up to the end of the show? Do you have any other final thoughts? about the previous two games, these next upcoming two games, anything that you were dying to get off your chest? I mean, not dying to get off my chest, but I guess just in general, I mean, I think we just kind of have to wait until the playoffs to see what this team is really going to be. Like, unless it gets really down to it and they're like, their backs are up against the wall to make the playoffs, which I just don't think is going to happen. Like they're not in danger. They're not in danger of missing the playoffs, barring complete collapse. And if Gabe comes back before the end of the regular season, which my hopes are not high for, or if he's just back for the playoffs at all, I think this team is capable of flipping the switch. I don't know. I think it's just going to be really interesting to see how this all turns out. This season has just been fascinating for the abs. It's been a fascinating 
race top to bottom for everybody. I guess I do want to talk about Boston and how dominant they've been fastest team ever to 50 wins. My thought process, and I was telling you this right, right when we hopped on before we recorded is that last year's playoffs, just in terms of the league as a whole, I think kind of went like according to plan. The abs and the lightning, I think was pretty expected. Like that was the most expected final, especially with the abs winning. Does it not feel like we're in for something a little wacky this season, especially with how kind of weird the season has been and then the trade deadline week and everything? I don't know if I'm so in on Boston right now just because I just have a feeling like something super weird is going to happen. It's almost like everything's gone too perfect for them this year. Yeah, like it's not even just that. It's not even like that I I have found a chink in Boston's armor. It's just I just think we're due for something crazy to happen. Like I'm 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 telling you, man. I'm watching the Devils game right now. I know you can't watch. I think <laughs> yeah, that I, w- I wish. I think the Devils are a legitimate threat in the Eastern Conference. I I really do. This team is very fucking good. Um, and I know we dog on the Leafs a lot, but the Leafs are really good this year too. I I don't think Boston's the clear cut favorite in the East. Well, I mean, they are. They are the clear-cut favorite, but that does not just automatically mean that they're right. in the final. Like These playoffs, I think we're going to be in for something strange just because last year felt so paper, didn't it? It was great for us. Not that I have any complaints about how last year's playoffs went, but I feel like things kind of – like my, my bracket prediction was damn near perfect. Yep, same. If I if I didn't panic after the first Leafs Lightning game and change Carolina to be in the we were final, both the same. Yeah, I mean, I I still had the Lightning in the Eastern Conference Final, but I think like I would have gotten like two series wrong the entire thing. Like I would have gotten Calgary Edmonton wrong, and I would have gotten um, Carolina New York wrong. Like those would have been the only two that I got wrong. Everything else would have been right, which for me is absurd because I'm yeah. fucking stupid. Like there's no way that should ever happen, which just makes me think that this year there's going to be some wild things that happen. I don't disagree with you. I, I think there's going to be some crazy shit happening. The West playoffs are going to be super interesting because I think all the teams are pretty much equal. Like seeding, I really don't think matters too much in the West. No. The The East, I think the Bruins get through the first round. No problem. I, I mean, if, if they're getting the Islanders, Sorokin could give them a little bit of trouble. I just but, I just don't see the wild card teams in the East being no, a threat. I don't. They're just not very good. Yeah. So that the Bruins should get out of that first round, but that second round matchup, whether it's Tampa or Toronto, that's going to be a banger series. I think those are equally scary. Like, because if yeah. Toronto actually does win that series and they actually do get out of the first round, they're either going to get swept or win that series. If they win any game in that series, I think they win against Boston or yep. they're just going to get absolutely destroyed. And if Tampa wins again after the the run that they're on right now where they've just been abysmal and they just flip the switch again, if I'd be horrified if I was the Bruins. <laughs> like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, because Vasilevsky is the one goalie who I think is better than – like, he is better than Olmark. But the East is – I know the Bruins are the odds-on favorite, but – I like this Devils team a lot, man. I think they can give any team they face some trouble. I don't. I don't think it'd be much of an upset if they beat the Rangers in the first round. That's a damn good series. Like that's I, a like, damn good series. But I think the the Devils are the next sleeping giant in the NHL. I mean, like even if the Devils do beat them, like the fact that the Rangers just went out and got Kane and Tarasenko and this like Avengers team that they've assembled here for that to bow out round one is hilarious. Would be- hilarious yes. and then or if the devils bow out after they get meyer who's been phenomenal like even that is like geez like i just these playoffs i think we're not ready for what's gonna happen because last year went pretty according to plan was the biggest upset to our tampa bay over florida like on paper no i think that even, was not even close i think but on paper seating yeah. wise it was yeah. I think like in terms of that was an unexpected outcome. I think it was the Rangers over the Hurricanes. Yeah. Like I think that was the one where you're like, oh, I okay, sure. Cause other than that, like Edmonton beating Calgary wasn't that crazy. I mean, what lower seeds even won in the first round? St. Louis. St. Louis and the Rangers. Tampa were, Bay. Yeah, the Rangers were the two seeds. So yeah, Tampa Bay. Like there really weren't any upsets in the first round and there really was even then like Rangers Carolina's like upset 
It's like two good teams played each other and won one and seven. I wouldn't really call that much of an upset. So I don't know. I mean, the last two playoffs before that were just kind of crazy in terms of the fact that they happened at all with the the bubble yeah. and everything and then the the closed divisions and all that. I guess you can count that as kind of crazy, but I feel like it's just been a while since we had just just a good old-fashioned upset. Like, damn, did not see that one coming. Maybe this is just my my sickness delusional rambling. Very well could be. I am hopped up on acetaminophen right now, but that's just my two cents. I don't I don't hate it. I, I hope it's I hope it's a fun playoffs. Last year was probably some of the best string of playoff hockey we've watched just because the abs kicked ass. But it, it's it's gonna be a fun playoffs. The NHL playoffs, there's no playoffs like it. So um if you're a new fan and you came on and started listening to us after the Avs won the cup, just get prepared for it again because yeah. they are bangers and it is a blast. Yeah, if, if you're a new fan and you're listening to us, I am so sorry. Yeah, we're not great for it, but we'll we'll get through it a little bit. Yeah. So I mean that's my two cents. I don't think I I I'd talk all day if I could, but I'm running out of gas very quickly. Yeah. I've been holding back a sneeze for like an hour. So yeah, you're all good, man. I'm feeling good too. We'll we'll talk to y'all after the Toronto game on Wednesday. So Thursday morning, you'll be hearing us. Um, but I I think we're good to send these people on their merry way. Should I do the outro? Should I do the outro? If, if, if you want, to. let's see if all I right. got it. Yeah, let's see if I got it. Hang on, everyone, buckle up here. Buckle up. Um, I'm being tapped in. I'm like the fucking like last man on the bench coming into a blowout basketball game. Um, thank you all so very much for listening to the show. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow Griffin at G Young's NHL. At what? At, at what? Money. We need to make money. Oh, that's Where right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Use promo code Tell It As It Is at SeatGeek for twenty dollars off your first purchase of fifty dollars or more. Uh, we would really appreciate it because that is one of the ways we get paid on the show. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Griffin at G Young's NHL. You can follow me at Christian underscore Bolay. And you can follow the show at Tell It As It Is, which somehow miraculously has over 2,000 followers now. Um, so that's kind of crazy. Um, but we will be back on Thursday with a new episode recapping these two games. But until then, let's go abs. Nailed it. I fucking nailed that. I outside of the ad, I fucking nailed that. That was great stuff, man. So again, thank you all so very much for tuning oh. in. But until next time, let's go abs. <laughs>